Hi there, listeners. Welcome to the 963 Universal Frequency. I'm your host, Esther Clare, spreading awareness with an open heart, an open mind, living life and being free. When I think of magic, I no longer see a magician in a black hat with white gloves and a black wand. I don't see the illusionists on stage or on TV doing those small time tricks, convincing you of seeing something that's not really there. You know, I, I think now of the ancient world and I think about philosophers with their philosophies and the belief that back then these civilizations believed that the cosmos is alive, it's sentient and it's responsive to people. Back then, people had a strong belief that they were connected to the universe and to be human is to be connected to this cosmos, this field of energy. And for me, I feel that there is this combination of magic, religion and science, magic being intention, cause and effect, religion being the relationship to a, a pantheon of gods or just one god and science being the observer observing and understanding on a physical level and magic is constantly changing it's constantly evolving i don't know if this has been going on after reset after reset because magic is also related to global warming and the reset of the new civilizations you'll find if you if you do get into the history of magic you will most likely come to that rabbit hole the pure source of knowledge for magic is really unknown. We know that it possibly originates from Mesopotamia and Egypt. Mesopotamia now, for those that aren't aware of what Mesopotamia is now, what countries it uh, consists of, it's Iraq, Kuwait, Turkey and Syria. And then I also think about Constantinople, which would be your, you know, the Greek philosophers as well, you know, Plato and Pythagoras, and Hermes Trismegistus, who was a wizard philosopher who basically created hermetics, you know, without getting too much into it. I'm not that knowledgeable in hermetics, but you know, I, I think of astrology and alchemy, you know, the law of Ra. And, you know, the cabal, the cabalia, you know, there's the macrocosm, microcosm, geometrics. I think about mathematics, you know, the language that never changes. All of these things, to me, is a combination of what magic is. You know, astral travel is the connection between the human spirit to the the unknown realm as well. You know, so it's just, it's such a, a diverse broad field that you know how much of it do we really know anyway this this episode it got me thinking a lot about the way that people perceive magic the way people perceive astral travel you know, projection trance hypnosis all of that and you know there's obviously always going to be good and bad in everything but I truly believe that it's the person behind the intention and the good always prevails even when someone casts a bad spell on you because you are so focused on your path of good intention and knowing self 
that you are oblivious to any negative outside forces. So that's why it's so important to know self before you go down the path of any type of uh, magic or the occult. But what I've boiled it down to is cosmic consciousness, which is the unity of all things. So in this episode, you will be learning about magic and astral travel, lucid dreaming, hypnosis and trance, binaural beats as well. So this is all from the perspective of Cal McKez, who is an impressive and noble being. He shares exceptional knowledge in his field of passion. And I think you'll really enjoy this one, as you do, obviously, with all of my episodes. (laughs) And if you're not new to the realm of magic and astral projection, OBE, out-of-body experiences and and, high frequencies, all that type of stuff, you know, perhaps there's something in this conversation that you haven't heard of before and that's great. <laughs> so please enjoy the conversation. Joining me today all the way from Chicago is Cal McKez. He is a life coach, a Reiki master and hypnotherapist, knowledgeable in the field of astral projection, magic and the occult, meditation and metaphysics with a background in psychology. He's also the host of his own podcast, The Astral Mind Podcast. And I believe you're also an author now because you've you've written an ebook. Yes, yes. yes the, um, the Cure for Enlightenment a guide to spiritual freedom. So is this something recent? It is. It is rather recent. I just finished the ebook, probably at the start of this year. And uh, I've been working on like kind of narrowing it down, getting on certain platforms and things like that. So it, it is, it is fairly recent. Yeah. And I have to just say that I really do enjoy watching your channel. Oh yeah. You, ha- <laughs> you have some, you, I feel like you've got a bit of humor there as well. I and I think when people show their humor, it, it shows their personality. Mm-hmm. The one that I really liked was the one that you did on the televangelist. <laughs> <laughs> I was cracking up the whole time. I was just thinking to myself, because I know what you mean. I've seen it. It's It's, the same here in Australia. Early in the morning, you get that stuff and you just go, yeah, and just their expressions. Um, Yeah, anyway, so that that was really good. And you're just very eloquent in everything that you say, so it's very easy to understand. So, yes, we'll talk more about your e-book a bit later, but I just thought we could start with, I think this is your favourite question, but it's also my favourite question, is your journey to enlightenment or your spiritual awakening experience. Yeah, definitely. I feel like sharing one story is almost like the handing of the business card. You know, you meet someone new and you're like, well, here's my card. You know, Uh, for a long time, I went through this thing of like wanting my story to be super dramatic, super big, super like, I'm this, I'm that to people. But at the end of the day, I feel like most people just want to connect. Most people want to see that you're human, you know? Uh, And so my story is one of a normal person who just became curious. I started, I was in a Christian home, you know, I had this upbringing of Christianity. So I I had an idea of God and, you know, angels and this higher realm. But I always had this sense within me that I had done all this before. I had this inner knowing, like, 
you know, even, even as a small kid, birthdays were like, you know, know, I'm used to this. I know this, you know, and that led me to spirituality, a searching for these deep hidden truths about what I can do in this world, the nature of reality as a cosmic play, if you will, this thing that's unfolding around us that, you know, is subject to our own minds. And so I started to look into the subconscious and hypnosis and things like that. And that's where I got my start. It was self-hypnosis. I started to really train myself and how to meditate and, you know, things like that. And um, then I moved into lucid dreaming from there. And if you guys don't know what lucid dreaming is, it's a fascinating thing to get into. Uh, It's basically just carrying your waking consciousness into a dream state and all the amazing implications that 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 has. Uh, And from there, I moved into astral projection and so on and so forth. There's so many things to dig into with this. Mm. (laughs) That is like, however we're going, you know, it's really. Yeah, because I've always been really confused with is astral travel the same as astral projection and then you've got out-of-body experiences and then there's lucid dreaming and yeah it's all quite I guess confusing I don't is it certain I guess would you call them spiritual tools Uh, I would call them or are they skills yeah yeah Yeah. I'd call them skills tools things like that what would we use astral projection for so astral projection is a form of consciousness expansion So if you can think of most people live their lives uh, thinking that they are their body, they wake up, they go to work, they do their normal, their normal, you know, thing here and there. And all they know is being in this body. They don't know the power and potential they have within them. And astral projection is an introduction to this power and potential and let's be honest, this connection to all things, because when you're out of body, you've moved beyond the limitation that exists with you all the time. So as human beings, we exist in this quote unquote prison without walls. This is an alchemical idea. You know, I I practice alchemy as well. They, They believe in the prison without walls. We're all born trapped in these bodies in this three dimensional reality. What astral projection does is it pulls us back so that we can look at our lives from a, you know, from a distant view and see all this is just a game. One of the main things that astral projection did for me was it let me know that life wasn't that serious, that death was nothing to be afraid of, and that within me were tremendous abilities. And I'm not a crazy out there person who's like unknown, you know, stuff like that. I'm a normal person. If I can do this, everyone can do this. And that's my message. Could you give us an example of what the experience actually is like? Oh, it's awesome. It's awesome. I've, I've told this story a whole bunch of times lately because <laughs> of all the podcasts I've been on, but it really is a powerful experience. Uh, astral projection has several different forms, but they're all the same thing. And those different forms are, in a way, different levels, you know, different levels of experience. You can close your eyes right now and think about being in Hawaii where are you right now? If you start to imagine the breeze, you know, the warm breeze, if you imagine the shade of the palm trees, the water lapping at your feet, the smell of the ocean, you're there. Astral projection is the movement of your conscious awareness from your physical body to another place. Now think about dreams. When you're dreaming, 
and your body is asleep in your bed, but you're fighting to protect the Queen of England or, you know, you're mm-hmm. saving Princess, you know, your Mario, whatever. <laughs> yeah. When you're having those experiences, you're not in your body anymore. From a scientific perspective, something's happening, but it's not localized to the body anymore. And I try to tell people all the time, we're not, we're not our physical bodies. And there are two different ways I can explain this because understanding these two things will give you a a holistic picture of what astral projection really is. So the first thing is we're not our thoughts and our minds simply because you can't touch your finger, you know, like a finger can't touch itself and I can't see itself. A nose can't smell itself, you know, an olfactory cell can't smell itself, you know, these sort of things. What I'm saying is you can't observe what you are because you're the object of observation. Does that make sense? So you have to be pulled out of the system in order to observe it. So basically what I'm saying is your mind can't observe its own processes. If it is the mind, you must be more than the mind to look at it, to observe it. So with that said, your thoughts are not you. Why? Because you can observe them. You can watch your thoughts. Right now, if you were to pay attention to your thoughts, you'd be like, what is this crazy guy talking about? You know? <laughs> <laughs> What's yes, going that's on true. right now? No. <laughs> uh, you, you can watch your thoughts. You could, you, could, you could watch the processes in your brain, like the emotions coming up from the hypothalamus. You could watch the limbic system make you afraid of environmental cues. Like You can watch it. And since you can watch something happening, you are not that thing that you're watching because you can observe it. The same thing goes with the body. You can observe the physical body, right? And so I tell people we're not our bodies because we can experience consciousness beyond the body. Like I said, in dreams, everyone has had an imagination. Everyone has had a daydream where they are somewhere else. And then they snap back to reality. And they're like, oh, let me get back to my day. I was, you were gone. You were somewhere else. When you look at these complex spiritual things in a simple way, then you begin to dissect them and make them more palatable, more understandable. Like astral projection is totally natural. We do it all the time. Why? Because we're not this body. We're not our thoughts. We're more than that. We are conscious awareness that pervades everything. I hope I'm not talking too much. <laughs> no, no, it's brilliant. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm in a trance right now. Like, oh my gosh, oh, I got to all this information. <laughs> yeah. I want to ask you about trance as well. Do it, do but it, yeah, um, <laughs> I just thought I'd also ask you um, with your life journey into finding everything, who were some of your influences? Oh man, it's a great question. <laughs> Uh, Alan Watts was one of my big influences. If you guys don't know him, he's a, a philosopher, a meditation teacher. You can search him on YouTube. Alan Watts had this way of looking at the world with the connotation that it's a, it's a question you could ask, are you doing it or is it, is it happening to you? And so the simplest thing is your breath. Are you breathing or is your breath happening to you? This whole time I've been talking throughout the whole podcast, you've been breathing and you haven't even been aware of it. But now that I mentioned breathing, now you're breathing purposely. (laughs) So was your breath happening to you or were you doing it? That's the interesting thing. Alan Watts talks a lot about the cosmic play and how life is this 
adventure and this fun game. And at the end of the, the game, you take the mask off because you are the universe. He has a wonderful quote where he says, we are the aperture by which the universe perceives itself. It is so, it's so beautiful. Like we are the universe experiencing what it's created. And uh, apart from Alan Watts, who has great meditations, great things like that, you guys can search him up. I like to look into Terrence McKenna as well. He's a, uh, a pharmacologist, I believe he was. He did a lot of research on DMT and the uh, effects of uh, mushrooms and things like that, and uh, consciousness expansion through those things. Those were some of my biggest uh, inspirations. Uh, Sri Yukteswar as well, from uh, the uh, autobiography of a yogi, some of those things like that. Just a lot of things. I, I find myself picking up loads of information from here and there that I just Yeah. Love. Now, Alan Watts and Terrence, I don't know the the other one that you mentioned. Terrence um, McKenna. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No. Yeah. No, Ter Terrence uh, McKenna. Shri Yukteswar. Uh, if you just look up Autobiography of a Yogi, it's an awesome book. Yeah, it's, it's a good primer into this whole spiritual thing. It's really nice. With all the knowledge that you have gained, do you have a most valued spiritual tool that you use, your your number one hmm. go-to? To say that there's a most important and most useful tool is to, in the same breath, say that the other tools aren't as useful. When in actuality, you don't need any of them to get where you're trying to go. And when I wrote the book, The Cure for Enlightenment, I had finally awakened to this realization that within me is all that I need. The intrinsic value of who I am is all I've been searching for. You want to be happy? Well, think about it like this. Anytime someone says, like, did you have a good day? Like, are you happy? You think about external things. Like, oh, well, I went to see a movie today. Oh, I, I ate pizza today. I went here today. You know, external things. Those external things are not the root of your happiness. Happiness is generated inside. And so with the cure for enlightenment, it's this understanding that whatever you want to experience is already within you. Most of us start our spiritual journey in a place of lack. We want something. We're trying to reach a goal. But the funny thing is, once we reach the goal, we realize, hmm, I guess I've always had this all along. <laughs> like, wow, I overcame <laughs> this huge obstacle with something I always had. And that's the cure for enlightenment, is realizing you're already enlightened. You don't have to go anywhere, be anyone, achieve anything. You can have lasting enlightenment in the moment. And I feel like that is the most powerful thing. It doesn't depend on a technique or any of that stuff. The most important thing I do to answer your question is sit and be present in the moment. Most times people are living their lives in a state of stress and anxiety because they're holding the fear of the future and the regret of the past in front of them. And they live in a cycle of regret and fear, regret and fear, never touching the center, never touching the present moment. This is where enlightenment is. You sitting in front of the camera, talking into the mic with the headphones, the lights, that's enlightenment, where you are right now. Because where would enlightenment happen? Tomorrow? That's no good for me today. You know, where does enlightenment happen? Yesterday? Well, I'm in, I'm in right now. Where, where is that? It's right now. So to be really practical and pragmatic, the present moment 
is where you find enlightenment. It's the greatest tool because it allows you to do everything else. The best way to get into the present moment is to close your eyes, take a few deep breaths, and just become aware of whatever and anything that happens to you. Just be open to the beauty of everything. Because this whole life thing we're doing right now is, it's crazy. You're, you're seeing with your eyes, you're hearing with your ears, you're tasting, you're feeling. It's insane. What is this thing we're, we're feeling right now? Like just being aware of that will put you into a state of heightened awareness. I love it. It's fantastic. Beautiful. Obviously, astral travel, psychic abilities, heightened intuition, I've always perceived it as a positive. As we are tuning into our sequestered skills, gifts, you know, the, the full capabilities that we actually have as a human being. However, there is always going to be a negative aspect. Is that a fair comment? That's a fair assessment. Depending on the person, right? Depending on the person. Say if a person is astral traveling, OBE, out-of-body experience, perhaps even in a lucid dream, is it wise to protect yourself prior to going into these experiences in case of a undesirable entity or energy that attempts to take over your body and your mind? For example, we can do a prayer or a, a white light energy meditation certain affirmations that are done beforehand in your perspective is this a essential or does it depend on the person this idea of uh, possession while you're outside of the body i feel like originates from movies like insidious and things like that um i had this fear initially going into my experiences 10 years ago when i first started having them and it was a very frightening thing to get into because I dealt with a lot of sleep paralysis. I dealt with a lot of attacks paranormally where I was struggling and fighting against things and hearing banging throughout my house and voices yelling at me. I dealt with a lot of that. But at the end of the day, your mental state and what you allow, because you're so powerful, what you allow will happen to you. So if you go into these experiences out of body, thinking to yourself, I only want positive things with my highest good in mind. That's what you're going to get. When you're going into these situations, feeling negative, feeling discouraged and defeated and fearful, that's what you're going to get. You're going to manifest those things because you're opening the door for them. Now, I tell people all the time that when it comes to this sort of thing, it's just like psychedelics in the way that you don't want to take shrooms or DMT or mescaline in a negative mental state, because you're going to have a very challenging trip. You want to get the most out of your experience when you take psychedelics. These spiritual practices are exactly the same way. You want to set the scene, be in a positive place around people that you enjoy, and be in a positive mental state, simply because you're going deeper into who you are. If who you are is someone you don't like, the more you get of yourself, the more you're going to be disgusted. So before I take anyone into the, you know, deeper spiritual things, because I teach people how to do this stuff, I work through past traumas, self-image, self-loathing, and I try to reach this place where I can get people to self-love and things like that. You have to remove these blockages because they go with you everywhere. If you failed in life, quote unquote, 
if you've had a hardship or a trauma, the loss of a loved one, things like that, they, they attach to you. You get stuck in that place and you don't evolve. You have arrested development. So what has to happen is you have to address that problem and then move past it so that you can then continue on in life. If you don't move past it, everything you do in life will have that as a peripheral thing. It'll be a surrounding issue in your life. If I was afraid of being mugged anytime I went somewhere special and I never resolved that issue, every time I go somewhere new, I'll be afraid of being mugged and I'll miss the experience. Fear of the future and regret of the past all over again. That makes a lot of sense. And that Alan Watts quote, when you meet or when you see a ghost, don't run away from it, walk straight through it. And and these negative energies capture the substance of your fear and it attacks. And that can be used as a a metaphor, even in today's Mm -hmm. current events with all the craziness of COVID and that, that term mass psychosis that just seems to overtake people's thoughts, bodies, and minds. To fully experience astral projection, OBE, and lucid dreaming is binaural beats crucial in the process to uh, developing our levels of consciousness? Of course, of course. Uh, Binaural beats are a very interesting phenomenon because they affect the brain in such a way. And I I feel it's going to sound really weird, but I feel led to like lead you through a meditation that the listeners or viewers or whoever is going to be experiencing this talk can also do. And it revolves around binaural beats. See, the idea behind binaural beats is there is introduced a frequency to your ears in the binaural beats, two different frequencies. And what happens is your brain matches the difference of those frequencies. So if it's 190 and 195, you're experiencing a five frequency difference, which means that over time, your conscious awareness will move into a a frequency operating sort of way of five five hertz of frequency. Basically meaning you're going to move through the levels of consciousness to five hertz of brainwave frequency, which is theta. So basically saying binaural beats alter your consciousness level very easily. Yes, you may have to listen to them multiple times, but it does happen very easily. And the meditation that I'm, I'm really interested in, in showing you is this expansive mind sort of thing and how easy it is to move your consciousness. Now, most people have a problem with astral projection because they aren't relaxed enough. They're worried too much about if it's working or if it's not working. And you can halt a meditation by being stuck in your head. You've got to let your thoughts move. You've got to let your emotions go. I say it all the time. Emotions are energy in motion. You've got to let them move. So often we get stuck in these emotional states. We get stuck in these thoughts and they transition into our meditative life, into our uh, attempts at astral projection or these higher spiritual things. If you can learn how to relax, and that's something binaural beats do very well, is they help you to relax because they get you into a trance, which I'm assuming is <laughs> a question you were, you were going to ask <laughs> soon enough. Staring to. <laughs> uh, but binaural beats are excellent for that because what they do is they help your mind to reach this relaxed state where your body's not an issue. 
That's all a trance is. A trance is a combination of mental relaxation or physical relaxation and mental quiet. And then you get a trance. Then you can do all manner of things. Would trance be the same as when you're in a meditative state then? Yes. The exact a, same a thing. deep meditative state would be a trance. There, there are different levels of trance. You go light, medium, and heavy. A light trance is the alpha state. And I don't have a chart right now for you, but uh, when you're consciously aware, for people who don't know, and you're, you're out and about, you're at work, your brainwave frequency, the frequency of oscillation of your brainwaves is in a beta state, meaning that you're alert, you're active, you're ready to go. You know, you're focusing on this and this and this. When you move into an alpha state, your brainwave frequency slows down. Now you're in a more relaxed state, in more of a susceptible, you know, oh, I'm kind of calm, like this is relaxing me sort of state. Deeper than that is the theta state, which is seven to four hertz of frequency, a slower frequency. But what that does is you're now moving from a relaxed state to a physically relaxed and deep relaxation state. And it's in the theta state where a hypnotherapist like myself would move someone from the present awareness to a past life or to an out-of-body experience. Is what I do and what I, I really love that I do this is I introduce people to astral projection. If you've never had an astral projection experience, you can work with me and I take you through these levels of consciousness I just described to a point where you can easily move into a past life, easily move into an outer body experience and experience this connection to everything that you may never have experienced. And so being able to play with binaural beats, I know this is a long roundabout answer, but being able to experience that and play around with those frequencies, you'll notice that you can alter your mind and hack your brain almost. That's an epic explanation. I have listened to the track that you put together, oh, The I Matrix. <laughs> I found the sounds yeah. very soothing. I do have meditation and frequency albums, tracks that I listen to that I download, but I also search YouTube to find new sounds and binaural beats. And it's true. The best way to tell if you have a track that is a dud, you, you can test it by by testing the sound in one ear and checking mm. the other side. And there's that yeah. specific tone that you, you should only hear in one ear. And so the majority of YouTube, those binaural beats are valueless. Unless you go to the Robert Monroe site and listen to his work, it's uncanny. But these YouTube tracks, sometimes I listen to them and I get into a, a relaxed state and all of a sudden there's a change in tone or a gong that just wakes me up out of my trance and it ruins my total vibe. I do mm -hmm. have these beyond the normal dream experiences, which I love, even though some people might find them scary. I don't really mind it. I don't really fear that. Mm -hmm. And I find, or it feels as though I wake up after the dream or during, and it's usually around three or three thirty, I can sometimes go back yeah. to sleep if I if I want to. Uh, usually, I can do this if I'm not forcing that feeling. If I focus on it and go, I've got to go back into my dream. I lose it. Whereas if 
I'm in that dreamy state, I can just kind of fall back to sleep again. And there's no issue. But would this be a good example of a deep state of sleep? You know, that, that time frame is that theta. I, I feel the same with meditation too, because after this time around four or four 30, I can meditate much better than say the afternoon after work where I'm probably still in beta. I feel like it's primarily because you're more relaxed. You see, we have uh, the rapid eye movement period of our sleep and this can get really technical, but it doesn't have to be. You could just Google REM or the sleep cycles. And we all go through the sleep cycles, all of us, every night. We're moving in and out of REM sleep, theta, alpha, delta, all of that. We're always moving through that. When you wake up at four o'clock, that tells me that you probably go to bed at 11 or 12. And after four hours of sleep, you most likely wake up in the, you just had a dream, you're waking up in the REM sleep period. This is a place of relaxation where your mind is somewhere else. Now, astral projection, OBEs, near-death experiences are the same to me. Lucid dreams are the same as astral projection. Now, people look at me and they're like, how can that be? They're totally different things. I'm just dreaming. You have to expand your awareness on this. You are not just dreaming. Your consciousness is somewhere else. No one in all their scientific prowess could point to where your consciousness is when you're having a dream. They could look at the nerves firing in your brain and say, oh, he's experiencing something. But they don't know where you are when you're saving the princess and you're jumping through pipes like Mario. They don't know where you're at. You're somewhere else in this reality you've created. So when you take these experiences and join them together, then you've got something called a phenomenon. It doesn't matter if you're astral projection or lucid dreaming. They're the same thing to me. And a lot of people have the same idea. When you remove the limitations, that's when you start to experience life as it is. So let me just say this. How do you know that you're you and not the microphone you're speaking into? You'd say it's a spatial sort of thing. Oh, I'm clearly not this. I can't feel it. I can't move it at will. But science tells us that at the quantum level, everything is vibrating particles. Everything is energy. Right. And it goes so deep. I love it so much. Like string theory goes to M theory and M theory says that we live in a holographic universe where everything comes from these like basic, like information systems, like a, like a hologram, these 2D holograms. If everything is energy, and, and let me let me do this. So there was an experiment back in the 1920s to basically look at the uh, effects of shining photons at certain uh, slits to see how they respond. You know, uh, all this did was th this was the you can look this up on Google. It's called the um, the conscious observer effect. What this showed was is that when you were observing something it changed the outcome. I'm sure you've heard of the, when a tree falls in the forest, does it make a sound? Of course. You would then say it doesn't make a sound unless someone is there to perceive the sound. That's how reality works. See, quantum physics has basically figured out that our, our conscious awareness affects how things work. And because of that, then we can start to figure out, okay, 
all of this astral projection stuff, all of this conscious awareness stuff actually means something. And so you can broaden, you, you can narrow everything down to the simple explanation of if you want to have an experience beyond the body, just focus on something beyond the body. It's as simple as that. You know, uh, this is something I do with all of my clients, especially if they want to learn astral projection. I tell them to close their eyes. And this is something I can invite you to do right now, which I think okay. would be really cool. Yeah. Close your eyes. And sirens in the background. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. It's I've got no, to move away fine. from the city. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. Uh, okay. So if you were to close your eyes and let's say you take a few deep breaths and you feel your stomach rise, you're breathing into your belly, you know. And Stanford has has found that when people breathe in deeply after they fill their lungs, they breathe in again. It makes their, it connects them with their nervous system. So when you breathe in, breathe again. And breathe out. And just be present with your body. Feel your body sitting in the chair right now. The sounds in the room. Is it cold? Is it warm where you are? Just be aware of that. And now if I said, imagine you were looking at something in your room from another perspective. Imagine you were standing at the door to that room you're in. How would the room look from there? If I were to say to imagine that, you would start to see it in your mind's eye. The more time you spent envisioning this, the more real it would become until eventually you actually saw yourself standing in front of the door to this room, looking at yourself. And you can feel that because you, you're seeing little flashes in your mind of what the room looks like from that perspective. That's all it takes. That's why I say imagination is the muscle of the mind because to do these extra natural things, these supernatural things, these psychic things, it starts with the imagination. Now, I, a lot of people ask, can everyone be psychic? Of course. Mm -hmm. Of course. You have to train the muscles. Our society today, it takes the power away from the imagination. Why do you think Einstein was so strong? Like, well, why, why do you think his mind was so developed? Like, a lot of these inventors sat and spent time meditating to get the answers to what they wanted, to what they needed. And so when you're trying to do something spiritually, awaken your psychic abilities, Focus on imagination. I hope I answered whatever question was asked. <laughs> no, the best responses are the ones when you forget the question. And in that little meditation, I actually saw myself just before you said, now see yourself. It's it's mm. awesome. I love these ones. It's, it's that and easy. And going back to Einstein, you know, his famous quote, imagination is more important than knowledge. Knowledge is limited imagination encircles the world backtracking to trance you have touched on it but in terms of trance in meditation when we connect to source uh, and when we are hypnotized or even in a, a dream state what is your perception on all of these functions as a form of trance uh, so trance in, in the question you gave me there are three parts 
So it's trans <laughs> in general. No, no, no. That's fine. I love that. Trans in general, and then trans when it comes to hypnosis, and then trans when it comes to dreams. So to start with, trans is obviously, like I said before, it's a combination of physical relaxation and mental quiet. Mental quiet is basically just not pulling the thoughts from the sky of your mind and letting them flow by, letting them flow by like clouds. Just allowing your thoughts to move will relax your mind and your body will relax as well. That's trance. Uh, hypnosis is the same thing. When I'm leading someone through a astral projection hypnosis, for instance, and I'm taking them out of their body, they're experiencing the astral world. They're in a trance because one, they're relaxed. And two, they're in a place where they're outside of their body. Their mind is not cluttered and things like that. So when it comes to trance, you always do a few things. From my experience with this, I've been doing this for a little bit. Not too long, but I've been doing it for at least a decade where I've been teaching people how to do this. Um, if you want to get into trance quickly, you clear your mind by focusing on one thing. Now, I talk about this in A Cure for Enlightenment. I talk about the three steps to enlightenment. The first step is to bring your focus from everything to one thing. Why is that important? When your thoughts are moved to one thing, they're closer to nothing. We have 60,000 thoughts a day. 90% of them are negative, right? When we move away from all these thoughts and focus on one thing, the breath, we are closer to no thoughts, no distractions. Zen, Zen Buddhism, things like that. That's the first thing with meditation. The second thing is when you move your thoughts to one thing, you become that thing. And this is a really interesting part, because if you were to focus on the chirping of birds in the morning and you focused intently 100% of your awareness, what you would find is you begin to identify with the chirping of those birds and the hearing of the chirping of those birds. Consciousness isn't a local thing. Consciousness is pervasive throughout the universe. I am just as much me in this body as I am you listening to me talk about these woo-woo concepts. We are the fabric and structure of existence because the fabric and structure of existence is consciousness. The third thing is what they call samadhi in Middle Eastern practice. Samadhi is oneness. I'm no longer thinking about many things. I'm thinking about one thing. I'm no longer thinking about one thing. I am that thing. You begin to learn about who you are through what you're observing. The breath, I realize I am the process of breathing and breathing is happening to me. Just like what I said earlier with Alan Watts, is it happening to you or are you doing it, right? Are you breathing or is it happening to you? You haven't been consciously aware of your breath this whole time. It's been happening to you, which means that if your breathing can happen to you, if your blood circulation can happen to you and your internal processes can happen to you, so can all of life. So can being human. So can consciousness. All that basically says is you're letting go of your need for control of the present moment. And now you're sitting back and relaxing in the movie theater of your life. And you're like, I want to watch how this goes. You know, like, I'm just here watching this thing. And that's what life should be. It's a nice play, you know? I love it. It's brilliant. 
You also practice ritual magic and have a lot of knowledge in the occult. I actually finished reading the book Real Magic by... Um, I, he's a doctor. I forget his name. I, I've read the book as well. It's a very good book. Dean Radin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, it, and it's an insightful read where the author uses science, religion, and spiritual understanding to magic. And one of the many things that he explains is everybody uses magic and they don't even know it. You know, prayer is a form of magic. You know, you're, you're sending out those those thoughts, say if a loved one is sick and you want them to get better, you're praying for them to get better. So you're, you're creating a form of magic there. Your affirmations, looking yourself in the mirror and giving these positive affirmations is also another form. You're wishing for something on your birthday, you blow out the candle. It's a, a, a ritual, a practice of magic. And I really enjoy how he just, he puts all of this into context. I found magic in a place of, I don't want to say desperation, but it was a place of like intense emotion. I, I was a, a religious person at the time and I didn't feel like I was finding the answers I needed to find from the positive religious place. And so I went to Luciferianism. I, I went the totally opposite direction of what I was believing in because I felt like in that I would get the truth. I would get the power I was looking for. And it, several years down the line, here I am, and I've met a, an Arabic man from the Middle East who practices this Arabic Renaissance magic and this Latin magic that is just, it's amazing. It really is. I feel like I'm living in a dream, like I'm attending Hogwarts and I, I may <laughs> see Harry Potter walk past, you know, like it, it's so interesting how this stuff unfolds. And my first kind of step into magic was when I started to astral project and I connected with entities to help me do that. See, magic at its core is the principle of bending reality to your will in some way, shape, or form. That's all magic is. Magic is, I want this thing to happen. How do I get it to happen? A point A to point B sort of thing. Do I get entities and spirits and other things to help me? Sure. Do I use my own energies to do it? Of course, because there is energy magic. But at the end of the day, you want a certain thing to happen. And however that happens is magic because you're rearranging the structure of reality. Manifestation is magic at the, you know, at the end of the day. I've experienced a lot of things with magic. I don't want to be super cryptic. I don't, and, and I don't want to be like all over the place, not answering <laughs> questions because <laughs> I, I tend to do that. I tend to just like go off somewhere down a rabbit hole like Alice, but um, magic is, it's so interesting. I'm currently doing a, uh, a third eye spell. There are levels to the third eye. Uh, third eye activation is, you know, it has hierarchies. Some people experience it like I can see an aura around you right now. That's the level of activation I have. I see energies all the time. Just they look like static, colored static in the air. I see it all the time. I see it like coagulating and, and localizing around objects. Like my hand, I can see the energy kind of like focusing around my hand, things like that. Mm -hmm. When you get into these spells that I'm doing, 
and you, you begin to practice this ritual magic, you begin to heighten your awareness of these energies that are already present. Now, everyone has a third eye. Everyone can open their third eye. What I'm doing is I'm doing a spell to increase the potency of the energy moving to my third eye so that I can better help people. I can see more. I can experience more. If you've ever had a dream about the future, your third eye is active and it's open. It may not be as open as Sadhguru or something like that, but it's open and it's activated. So that's what I think about magic. Magic is a means of accomplishing a goal, point A to point B. You're just getting something done. Yep. Would you call yourself, so you, you actually go to a school, is that right? Is that, like, I've not seen a Harry Potter film ever. No? Everyone, oh, nah, wow. That's different. Wow. I've, uh, <laughs> I might see it, yeah, a clip being played and I, I get the concept, but yeah, I've never, uh, I was a, a Terry Pratchett fan, so I kind of didn't want to veer away from him. I don't know, it sounds really weird. I. <laughs> no, so no. yeah i i stuck to to him i never really got to harry potter and i i will eventually but um there's so many of them there's heaps <laughs> but <laughs> you, you were mentioning about yeah. your um arabic friend and the magic that you you guys are, are learning is this a, an actual school is this no 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 you, it's not it's oh, not okay. a school um i met this individual through youtube which is the beauty of social media. I would have never met him unless he was looking for someone who was a hypnotherapist like myself, who focused on trance. I have a trance video on YouTube. You can look up, it's called How to Enter Trance Fast. I will most likely be the first video on YouTube. That's how he found me. Uh, and he asked me, how do you get into trance? How do you astral project? And at the time, I charged for this service like I do now, but I charge less. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to teach you everything I know for free because why not? I would want someone to teach me. I don't like gatekeeping knowledge. I believe in supporting people and giving them the pay that, they, that they're due for their time. But also, I want people to have this knowledge, which is why my book is free on Amazon. The Cure for Enlightenment, I talk about all this stuff. It's free on Amazon with the Kindle Unlimited. You can get it. No worries. You don't have to worry about that. I care about getting information to people because I, I gave the information to him and it impacted him so much. I even had a uh, astral projection hypnosis session with him where he said he he saw his past lover and everything was was good and he was he was safe and all of that. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to teach you magic from here on out. I'm going to teach you everything I know. He's been doing magic for 13 plus years. And in the Middle East, what they found as far as magic is so different. It is so potent and powerful compared to what we have today. Like you can find videos on YouTube about magic everywhere, but you'll never find the information that I have learned about magic on YouTube. You just won't find it because it's a verbal tradition. They pass it on from master to student from family to family. The books that they have about magic have never been translated into English. I challenge you to find some of these grimoires about magic in anything but Arabic or Persian, you see? So where does magic originate from? From what I've been taught, it's 
from what I've been taught, Egypt is a good place where a lot of it has originated. We actually have magic because uh, a fellow by the name of Aleister Crowley, um, who kind of worked with the Theosophical Society and had a hand in the creation of the um, the uh, the Golden Dawn system of magic, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. These are like occultic sort of, of things. Um, Aleister Crowley learned what he learned from Egypt and brought it here and made it so that we can understand it. So a lot of it originates from the Middle East and from Africa, where we find a lot of this magical practice. It makes sense. I've been reading a few different books on our history and ancient civilization, and it seems to connect without heading into the topic of war, the destruction in the Middle East and and everything that's just been happening in our history with those countries, it just seems that there, there has to be so much more to do with what's going on instead of you know, fighting over minerals and the extremists or the, the terrorist attacks. You know, there's um, definitely a sacred and powerful hidden practice there. I'm so intrigued by the Middle East, regardless of the dissemination. I want to visit those countries. And anyway, have you heard of the missing 411? Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. I believe I'm an avid hiker. <laughs> I, I love walking in nature. When I travel, well, before COVID, when I was traveling through countries, it, I, I always make sure that I go out into the rural areas of these countries and and um so i'm usually with a group of people but there have been quite a few occasions when i'm on my own and i've never come across any mysterious situations not saying that i want to but i do hear the stories people possibly placed under a state of trance or hypnosis and they venture off and disappear or you know, they're, they're then found days later in some bizarre time or place and they don't remember what happened to them. I feel a connotation between that and alien abduction is what I feel like we're kind of moving toward. I mm. love the concept of extraterrestrials and aliens, so it's fine. Okay. <laughs> I love that stuff. <laughs> to me, trance is the key to unlocking the mind because when you're not obsessed with what's going on in your immediate field you're tapping into the subconscious mind like the the moment that all of this going on is in the background then you can tap into who you really are but as far as people being in a trance and walking off that's interesting like i've heard a lot of things about abduction about people having these experiences Uh, I think it has something to do with extraterrestrial visitors. It has something to do with people's higher purpose. I don't think all aliens are negative Mm. or bad by any means. Um, And and I don't think they're all physical entities. I, I believe they're dimensional entities. Like they exist on higher planes of reality and they lower their vibration to interact with us. Um, I spent a lot of time when I was young looking into aliens and it just fascinated me that 
there were these beings conscious or more so conscious than us that were interacting with us. I think as far as what you're talking about, I feel like trance opens the door to all of that. If you want to experience different realities, different entities, you know, all these other things, trance is moving your conscious mind out of the way. So your subconscious mind, the more powerful portion of you can move forward. And you're just finding peace in that place. You hear those stories, and I, I just think you have someone says they saw Bigfoot, <laughs> and so, but somebody, somebody else didn't. You know yeah. what kind of state of mind are these? Uh, this particular, I'm not saying that this person's crazy or anything, but one person can experience it, and somebody else just doesn't, and they can be together yeah. and in that same situation. So I was just, I just wanted to get your perspective on on that. What is your thoughts on UFOs and aliens? I know you did mention it a little bit, but in terms of their purpose, mm. would you have a perspective on that? There's just so many different theories. People say yeah. they're us in the future and they're coming back. And you know, um, some people say that they think it's just the government and they're mm. putting up a facade and you know, giving people the illusion that they are aliens. And then some people say that, you know, they're just all experimenting on us. And then I've also heard things about there being a variety mm. of different types of uh, aliens out there in the world. And, and there's this big council where all these, it's like an intergalactic council and they're yeah. all kind of. <laughs> yeah, I've heard of that too. <laughs> right? yeah. and, and we do hear a lot of, of negative things. I think they are portrayed quite negatively. When you think mm. about m the majority of films that come out, aliens are always perceived to be very bad and, out to get us so yeah what we what's your thoughts as to why they are here if they are here if they are here that's a good that's a good adage i feel like once we discovered nuclear power that's when the extraterrestrial life the aliens that have kind of been watching us started to interfere they started to make themselves known uh as far as the navy goes the u.s navy we found footage and you know, these officers of the Navy, they, they testify, we saw this, this, this UFO do these things, they call them aerial phenomenon now, that we saw them do these things that weren't possible. We followed it, we tracked it, it didn't show up on this, and it disappeared out of our view out of nowhere. You know, we have these different accounts of aliens, I feel like they have some real application to them, they actually exist. Um, and then you've got Joe Rogan's podcast. Everybody knows, like, I mean, he's, he's ubiquitous. He's all over the world. He had a gentleman by the name of Bob Lazar on his podcast. Bob Lazar worked at S4. It was a, a research facility outside of Area 51, and he worked on UFOs. And he describes the function and, and the propulsion of these vessels. And he says that they used... Uh, gravitational forces to move their vehicles. And it was an element called element 151. And at the time when he was revealing this stuff back in the 90s and 80s, nobody believed him. Like, oh, element 151 doesn't exist on a periodic chart. But we found it just a few years ago, element 151. It exists and it's so dense and it's so difficult to, to keep stable that it disappeared shortly after because it's, it's, it's difficult to keep it stable. Um, when you look at all these interesting things, it's like aliens exist, 
but what is their purpose for us? I believe they're here. I believe they interact with us all the time. If your listeners want to look something up, it's called the law of one. It's a channeled message from an entity or a uh, social memory complex called Ra, a collection of entities that believe themselves to be one. And this entity describes the ascension and enlightenment process. I feel like that's what aliens are here to do. They're here to help us reach a place of enlightenment and awakening. Some of them may have duplicitous, malicious purpose for us. But I feel like others, they're here to help us grow. They see that as humans, we're in a place where we could be in another world war and it could be catastrophic. And they're trying to stop us from getting to that place. Mm -hmm. And it starts with searching who we are internally. And I feel like that's why they're here. Have you had any experiences? There's one experience I had where I woke up one night and there was this bright light outside my window. And it was just like a, a ball of, of light just outside my window. And it woke me up and I'm like, oh, what is that? And that was the experience. That was it. It's like I woke up to this huge ball of light and it was gone. Later on in my life, someone commented something on a video or something like that. And they said, I am that ball of light you saw when you were young. And I was like, what are they talking about? <laughs> no, this is, this is weird. But when you think about it, we're all connected. So in a way, it can be possible. I, I've tossed around the idea that maybe I visited myself from the future when I was younger and I wouldn't have noticed. Mm -hmm. And that ball of light that popped up and disappeared may have been me from the future or it may have been an mm -hmm. extraterrestrial thing. There's a whole lot of interesting stuff. We live in a very interesting world. <laughs> and so a whole lot of things can happen. And the more you get in astral projection and lucid dreaming and magic, you start to see levitation is real. Like astral projection is real. Magic is real. Like what is this thing we're experiencing right now? You know, mm. it's nuts. It is really cool. It makes life so much more interesting. <laughs> indeed, 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 indeed. I I don't think I've ever experienced, or if I have, they've wiped my memory of it. I've got a telescope and I tend to, yeah, if I wake up really early in the morning, I'll have a look outside because I've got a balcony here. And it's never as good as when you go out into the desert area, going out there. It's amazing. And so, yeah, usually when I take it out there as well. So I started writing a bit of a log because I was waking up at around three and this happened when I was out camping and I started to look up at the constellations and I noticed that, and this is what I've been told. I was told that they're satellites, but so what they do is that they look like a star and they just kind of glide across the sky and they move quite fast, <clears throat> like really quite fast, but they tend to zigzag and they just go all over the place. And I was told, well, there's thousands of them up there. So that's what happens. They just move across. And I was going, but why are they moving around at three o'clock from three till 3.30 in particular as if, and it kind of looks like there's a battle happening up in the sky. Like this could be just my imagination, but I'm seeing all these zigzagging of these stars going, you know, and it looks like it's stopping off at one star and then it moves to another star and it's like they hang out and then they move together. Like it's just like it, satellites don't do that. No. Um, 
I ended up stopping doing that because it was just driving me a little bit crazy. (laughs) But um, I just thought, yeah, I, you know, we're told that they're satellites and you can get an app. I've got an app which tells you about the constellations and whether or not there is a satellite. And there is no way that my satellite app can track all of those satellites moving. It might do one or two, but I just think to myself, what, what is going on up there? Yeah, what are we? So, hmm. yeah, I don't know. And then I was told not to look into it too much, otherwise I might see men in black. <laughs> that's the whole thing oh like, man it's so creepy too it oh. is creepy yeah. that uh, whole idea um but you anyway look at something if you look at something late at night and you're researching stuff and then you find like the men in black these like guys that show up <laughs> to like keep you quiet it's like are they gonna show up am i learning too much uh if you if you haven't ever heard of him Look up a guy named Truth Seeker on YouTube. And that's like Seeker, like Seek and A-H. Seeker, Truth Seeker, one word. I was on his podcast. He's He knows a lot about aliens and UFOs. He wrote a book about it. And he's an awesome dude. He was just on Coast to Coast AM. Uh, this is a huge podcast. And he talks about connecting with these entities. Okay. And like calling for interaction between these UFOs. And he would look through telescope and see these same things you're talking about, where it's like war is going on. And he would call them forward with like a prayer sort of mentality. And these things would happen. They would come up and they would stay there and they would like interact with him. It's so interesting. Uh, I've never done anything like that. But if you guys are curious about that, if you're curious about it, look up Truth Seeker, look up Bible UFO. Okay. Because I heard that the guy who owns that channel, he was he was on the news being interviewed and he called a UFO to show up and this light just appeared in the sky right over this guy as this thing is happening. It's so crazy. Yeah, um, I don't know how I would feel about that if, if something like that actually happened. Um, it's good when they're at a distance right, right. and it kind of looks like you've got an idea. Oh, they're just satellites. You know, even my friend that was with me, he's like, it, they're satellites. Oh, yeah, There's yeah. thousands of them up sure. there. Elon Musk is probably doing his thing. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's one theory, but your most valuable piece of knowledge and information that you can give the listeners. I know it's really hard to be universal. Very, very simply. And this is what I tell everyone. I'm not being facetious or joking in this sense. The present moment is where all of your joy, all of your completion and success lies. The present moment. Stop fearing the future. Stop regretting the past. Just be here right now. Alan Watts, like I spoke to you about earlier, one of the guys that was very influential to me, he has a meditation where he says, just become aware of the sound in the room. This is what you'd call uh, vipassana in uh, Hinduism, I believe. And this is just an, an act of observing everything so that nothing distracts you. Observe everything as one. And so Alan Watts says, become aware of the sound in the room. Just sit comfortably and just listen to the sound. This may be the sound of your computer, the sound of a fan, the sound of cars moving in the distance. Just focus on it. And then begin to focus on your breathing. Breathe in deeply, breathe out deeply, and then stop worrying about it and observe your breath. You remember when I said, is it happening to you? Or are you doing it? Just let your breath happen. 
and watch it happen. That's an interesting thing you can do also. After you do that, that's when interesting things start to unfold because then you realize I'm not my body. I'm not my thought processes. I am more than all of this. I'm connected to everything. And you find that in the present moment. All that breath work, all that meditation, all that stuff is meant to get you into the present moment where you're here right now in this place, not thinking about what's going to happen in the next few minutes, not being afraid of something that happened in your past, but you're here enjoying life right now. That's the beauty of this spiritual thing. So my advice to anyone and everyone, be mindful. Take time to sit and be in the present moment. That's where enlightenment is. And that's what I talk about in the book, The Cure for Enlightenment. That's how you find yes. it. Brilliant. I can't believe it's free. Yes. I didn't know it was a free ebook. Yeah. I mean, you can pay for it with Amazon. They do that sort of thing where you can pay for it, but you can also get it on Kindle Unlimited. Get it on Kindle. That's the only way I can make it free. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. More about your actual services, your website. Mm -hmm. So had a look at that and you offer a plethora of of assistance for for people. But could you just share that with the listeners if they want to reach out to you? Of course, of course. I do a one-on-one counseling and coaching, uh, consultation with people who are interested in learning about meditation, astral projection. If you're trying to learn uh, how to work with energy, like I do, I'm an energy worker. I do Reiki and I teach Reiki. If you're interested in that, you can go to the links and all those other things and book sessions with me. One of the main things I do is astral projection hypnosis where I take people who've never astral projected, I guide them through trance and hypnosis and then out of their bodies. And I've worked with so many people who are like, that was an amazing experience. I didn't know that was possible. And that's one of the things that brings me a lot of gratification because it's like, I'm, I'm really helping people because anyone can astral project. Anyone can have these experiences. If you're someone who's more occultic, someone who's more into the hidden mysteries, you want to learn magic, I'm connected with that world of magic. And I can't express to you more seriously, magic is real and it is possible. If you want to learn it, I can connect you with the people who do it. I'm not a master of it. I'm learning myself. If you want to learn it, I can help you learn it. And that's what I do. That's awesome. And if listeners want to tune into your podcast, your YouTube channel. Sweet. Um, That's just, you can go to YouTube and type in Cal Melquez. I think YouTube likes me enough to where when you search my name, you'll find me, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I type in your name. Okay. I've been stalking you now. No, it's fine. It's fine. (laughs) But I type in your name and you come out. Okay, good, good, good. So you guys can find me there. I've got over 150 videos of free content. If you can't afford services or books or whatever, I give a lot of stuff for free. Even the book, I I give a lot of stuff for free. The reason why I started all of this was because I was alone in this. I was having these experiences of seeing angels and, and being out of my body and not knowing what was going on. And I didn't have anyone to talk to about it. And I started this YouTube channel, this podcast to make a community of people where you could say, yes, I know this is real because other people experience it too. That's all I do this for. I'm here to awaken people to their inner potential. You guys can do all of this. 
it's possible for you. YouTube, you can find meditations, guided meditation videos that I've made specifically. You can find explanations of how to open chakras and astral project all free, all there, hours and hours of content. Thank you so much for just all your, just doing what you're doing. Like you're just giving to the world. It's, yeah. It's a blessing. It's I love amazing it. Thing. It is. I wish I was doing something like that, but no, yeah. don't even. Um, you're doing, <laughs> don't even start. You're doing stuff. Don't even start. Um, but yes, no, thank you so much. And I highly recommend people to check out your YouTube channel and yeah i'm definitely downloading the book i haven't done that yet so yeah i will definitely read your book and thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it and uh, hopefully it's not too late for you over in chicago i'm gonna be up till three or four in the morning working on stuff so whatever <laughs> wow, are you a night person i am I, okay. I do the majority of my research and work in like the a.m hours i don't know why but I do. That's good. That's that's good. It's quieter as well, though, isn't it? I do a lot of my spells at like twelve a.m., one a.m., things like that. So. Okay. Awesome. All right. Thank you for your time and all the best. All the best. Blessings. Well, that ends the conversation with Cal McKez, and I trust that you found some useful information in that conversation trance allows people to free themselves from bodily influences and to communicate to the unknown and so i think that's a beautiful thing i think that's a gift that we're given and if we use it correctly with the right intentions it can work wonders for us and the key thing is is not to be fearful of these gifts not to be fearful of our full potential think of myself as somebody that doesn't really have any fears, but I suppose I do. I just haven't noticed them to be fears. And I think now it's time for me to really embrace astral projection because I've been umming and ahhing about that a lot, thinking, am I astral traveling? Am I doing this? Am I not? Your dreams are really important to me. I love to sleep i love to have these dreams and regardless of how weird and wacky and bizarre these dreams are there's this feeling of being so connected to something that i feel at home with so i don't know if anybody else feels that way uh, i i would say that there are a lot of people that really embrace that feeling of being out of their body um like i said it can be used for some really bad shit but I think again if you have the right mentality the right belief system you can make it work for you in the most beneficial advantageous way and so I will now leave it there before I start rambling on about myself <laughs> and uh, I hope you really enjoyed this episode I did it was a great conversation for me and remember people, have an open heart, have an open mind, live your life and be free. Thanks for tuning in.